Welcome to the Bare Naked ABCs, where we discuss every single Bare Naked Lady song from 7 to Y. And I I promise you, I am going to do the best tonight that I can, but I was up until 5.30 this morning and, and finally got a couple of hours of sleep. But you know, you know what they say. Tell us what they say, Tracy. Who needs sleep? Oh, yeah, right? we're going to get it. <laughs> I didn't sleep? last night. <laughs> You're never gonna get it. Oh. <laughs> and never as you gonna can... get it, never gonna get it, never gonna get it, never gonna get it. Wrong and song, wrong song. I was just listening to that today. <laughs> and as you can hear, I have joining me tonight Betsy and Heidi. Hi. Hello, everybody. <laughs> and we have a special guest joining us. Um, you may know Wesley from his Facebook and Instagram and TikTok videos. For those of you who've seen the videos where he takes the songs and translates them into different keys and different modes and into different time signatures. And for example, uh, like when he took one week and turned it into a sea shanty. Yeah. It was if I had a million dollars. Oh my goodness! If when he took, I if I had a million dollars and turned it into a sea right. shanty, I told you I'm tired. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Very fun. Welcome, Wesley. Hello. <laughs> so I didn't want. I didn't want to. I was like, I was thinking. Uh, well, do I do I cut it off now or wait till the introduction <laughs> is finished? Yeah, oh, you yeah. can cut me off at any time. I'm I'm always known for making mistakes, so okay. <laughs> I bring the information ninety ninety percent of which is correct. So okay. Hey, you know what? <laughs> they make mistakes taste great. <laughs> oh, 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 whoa! That just came out. I was oh, like, oh, Heidi, <gasps> that was good. You're great. you're on the puns tonight. I'm glad that I you're know, on. Right? Um, so yeah, tonight we're discussing the song Who Needs Sleep. And if you have never heard this song before, here is a quick snippet. Lids down, I count sheep, I count heartbeats. The only thing that counts is that I won't sleep. I count down, I look around. Well, you're never gonna get it. Tell me what's that for? Um, so this is a song by Paige and Robertson from the album Stunt. And uh, we don't have Aaron, so I can't force him to have to guess. It's too bad. I really <laughs> wanted to I wanted to really see what he was gonna say on that one. But I'm gonna hand it over to you, Heidi. Heidi, can you give us a breakdown on the song? I will give you a breakdown. Who needs sleep off the amazing stunt album from 1998? Clocks in at about 3 minutes and 44 seconds at about 112 beats per minute. Percival. It is, interestingly, uh, in multiple keys. As far as form goes, we do have a little short intro that goes right around um, a progression, which I'll get into in a second. And then you have verse 1, and then you have a pre-chorus, and then a chorus, and then you have verse 2. Actually, no, you have this bridge um and within these three sections it starts off in the key of g so don't let anybody tell you any different 
it goes around a basic one four one six minor six chord because in the in a major key the six is a minor chord so one four one six uh intro and then we get a one four five one in the verse so the opening verse is a traditional one four five one one four five one and then you have a minor six four five six uh because so it's um uh g c to d to g then e minor to c to d to e minor now when we that's for so who needs sleep well you're not okay um now i lay me down not to sleep that part is the g c d g part then the lids down count g cart home the only thing that counts is that i won't sleep a minor to f to g i'm sorry e minor to where the heck am i c uh where am i uh, Liz down. Oh, C to F to G, A minor to G to C. So where it goes into that A minor section in the core uh, in that part, okay. it flips then into the chorus, which is in major, C major, which is the relative major to the A minor that he just used in the pre-chorus. So in the pre-chorus, he's using an A minor progression. And for those of you that know music theory, a minor is the relative minor to C major, which means no sharps and no flats. And in A minor, uh, your one chord is minor, but your six chord is a major chord and your seven chord is a major chord. So it's very interesting that they start off with this G major progression. And I wish Aaron was here because this is so exciting to talk about. Um, but then it shifts. So a lot of the stuff out there is wrong. I have the sheet music. And so I like checked out the sheet music and really made sure that that I had it. And in the sheet music, you can see the key changes mm -hmm. into a minor because there's a little natural sign, which takes out the sharp, which you have when you're in the key of G. And then it shifts you into that A minor. So you've got mm -hmm. three things going on here, which is really exciting. And you can hear that in the music because where it opens up, it opens up one way and then it shifts you with the lids down, which is interesting to go into minor when you're like trying to fall asleep. So I think it's kind of meant to be. And then when he goes into, who needs sleep now? And you know you're back into a major key there. You know that. So it's it's very exciting uh, for a music theory geek. So Jim, uh, you obviously know something about music because I've seen your your video and your sea shanty and you're building your chords and stuff. So you must have a vocal background. And I see you're wearing a mode shirt. I love it. I don't particularly like music. Oh, what is my anagram for that? I don't particularly like. Oh, there was I, there's a sentence. And now it's escaped my brain because it's been a long day. <laughs> does that does, so? I know Jim that you you have done a lot of work with with all this stuff. So, and we'll come to that later on. But does that oh, make yeah. sense with with what you've seen? Oh, that's what it is. I don't particularly like modes a lot. <laughs> Especially Locrian mode, because Locrian mode is evil. And Jim can't talk, oh, so he can't yep. he can't say anything. Like I must be the most intelligent person on the planet right now. So thanks, Jim, for saying that. We really appreciate that. And I just realized I keep calling Wesley Jim because I'm looking at his name on his screen. Yeah. So that's the thing is you pretty much said all that I can the only thing that I can think of. The pre-chorus ends with G, which, if we're doing our classical, 
motion. That's the five of, of one. And so it becomes the pivot chord, which is means a chord that uh, has different functions in two different keys. And it becomes the transition. This is the uh, music theory professor and me coming out here. So in A minor, it's a seven. And in the key of C major, it's a five. So it has... If you were right, if if you you were giving a little analysis test, that's what you would do. You'd write C major, it's five, and then an A minor. It's yes, seven. I would so. have gone deeper into that. I'm also a music professor, <laughs> so, oh, okay. but I, for the purposes of this show, I don't like to get too crazy. But absolutely, yes. Once I spent a whole time explaining seventh chords, so. So it's basically yeah. using those notes to kind of pivot between these key changes. That is really cool because, and, and you do, you're right, Hedy, you feel those changes in the music in those different parts. It, it, the music itself feels st- significantly different as it's switching. That's the harmonic progression. There's also very much, a, a you know, kind of a, a timbral shift. The, what is that called? The pre-chorus? We're calling it pre chorus. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it, it has a very different kind of mood to it. I'm not, ex- I'm trying to remember exactly what's going on, but oh, like a military style, I mean, or you know, and his voice changes a little bit, like the you know, um, outside of the harmony. That's at least what I heard. I almost feel like I need to listen to it again. Now I know I feel that way when we do these things all the time. You know, when I do arrangements. I do I do the whole arrangement out and then I go back and listen to the song and find out, oh, well, that's wrong. I missed that. <laughs> yep. <part. All> right. <laughs> that's why it's really lucky, Wesley, when we are Wes. But yeah, you're absolutely right. Like sometimes when I'm like, I'm glad when I have sheet music, which is not possible for every one of their songs, especially when we do deep dives. So for this one, it was great to be able to really look at the chord progressions and take a look and and analyze those a bit. I'm going to pull us back <laughs> to talk about the music of this song. Musically, we don't often hear those <laughs> those progression changes like this. Normally, they'll stay in one key mm-hmm. for the song, and they might they might pivot with using secondary dominance or things like that. But they're not from a chordal perspective. This is a bit different. Yeah, they might they might slip and slide through the keys or or add one or two here or there that that aren't normally in there, but they usually don't bounce around from one key to another, and that's really cool that they're doing that. Well, it's not really bounced around either. There's a very good reason for that pivot into those those chords because they are related to each other very closely, and it's interesting to because you're going from like G to A minor to C. It it there's there's a worthy progression in that uh, mm-hmm. both in what you're hearing and so i'm sure that ed had reasons for for what he did uh with that but anyway plus you got the opening flute line which is pretty sweet i was just gonna <laughs> say we have we talked a couple of weeks about go about this and aaron was talking about it we have rock flute on this song rock flute <laughs> that must be steve it is <laughs> <laughs> and we have Kevin on the clavinet. And then we have Pierre Tremblay, who is actually one of the management team. He's he's credited second on the album after Terry McBride for management on this on this. He's credited as French Pete Tremblay on this. 
And then, of course, we have that really interesting holla, holla, holla. Which is not one of the guys saying that. It's actually a sample from Don Garbutt. And Don Garbutt was, he's a famous award-winning music comp- composer, producer, and sound designer. For example, he, he does a whole bunch of stuff from traditional Celtic music to theme park sound design. Um, he's created music for TV and films. And he was uh, the piano tutor for Dennis Quaid for Great Balls of Fire. And he did studio design for Henley Butler for the New Orleans Piano Professor. He like he was the MIDI guru for Procol Harum. He's hmm. consulted with Oscar Peterson, uh, Pink Floyd, David Bowie, the Tragically Hip. So he he has been around. So it's really cool that they they decided to sample him. I reached out to him. I haven't heard back from him about like where this comes from, but. He does have his own YouTube page as well. Hmm. Cool. Okay. So first, I, I feel like, like, so my whole shtick is, or my whole thing is, I know a little about a lot. So <laughs> when I was prompted about this, I was like, well, I am by no means an expert in in the band or anything so i just so I, i'm just so when i hear all this stuff i'm pretty much uh let's just say lost and i am learning all this <laughs> oh tracy's a deep diver and uh so you're more of a renaissance fan than wesley you know my my tagline is jack of all niches master of none people will be very quick to tell me how i didn't get the the style completely correct so the nuances yeah i don't know because see you you brought some some cool stuff to us can i share it with people wesley yeah that's 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 sort of uh i i assumed that's why i was brought on board (laughs) (laughs) well i i will say so i i love your page um, and, and it always brings a smile to my face. And then when you did the, if I had a million dollars, but as a sea shanty, um, if I could share that, I would love to. Yeah. Crazy. Are you sharing sound? Okay. No. <laughs> oh, for crying out loud. I'm over care. here dancing. You're dancing and, and having a great time. And I'm like, um, I'm dancing with myself. Oh, 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 oh. <laughs> Now that you made a joke about it, I have to keep that in. Thanks. If I had a million dollars, if I had a million dollars, I would buy you a house. I would buy you a house. And if I had a million dollars, if I had a million dollars, I'd buy you furniture for your house. Maybe a nice Chesterfield or an Ottoman. And if I had a million dollars, if I had a million dollars, I would buy you a cake, a nice reliant automobile. And if I had a million dollars I buy your love I buy your love I buy your love if I can watch brilliant. that for hours I love it brilliant <laughs> hello 
Pantheon Podcast listeners. Christian Swain here to tell you more about my experience with Raycon earbuds. Our family now has three pairs of Raycon earbuds around the house. And my wife just grabbed a pair of the headphone pros to replace some headphones from a company that was double the price. And yes, she loves them. Now, if you haven't pulled the trigger on a pair of Raycons, or even if you have, but you're in the market for another pair because they're just that good, well, now is the time to check them out because they just launched their upgraded model of the best-selling everyday earbuds. With Raycon's upgraded everyday earbuds, now you also get active noise cancellation, ergonomic design, and multi-point connectivity that lets you pair with two devices at once. New quick charge function, three customizable sound styles plus awareness mode, available in a variety of vibrant new colors to complement any and all skin tones. I even have a pair of earbuds in a cool green color. I have tried just about every earbud known to humankind, and these Raycons are fantastic. Seriously, if you've been wanting to check out Raycons, there truly is no better time. You're going to ask yourself why you didn't check them out sooner, and Raycon offers a 30-day happiness guarantee. So, what are you waiting for? Go to buyraycon.com slash pantheon today to get 20% off your Raycon order, plus free shipping. That's right, you'll get 20% off and free shipping at buyraycon.com slash pantheon. Buyraycon.com slash pantheon. But you you brought to us some reimagining. So so what you do is reimagine songs in these different ways, and you brought to us some other reimaginings um, that of, of this particular song. Um, so I'm gonna find which one would you prefer me to start with the salsa one or the classic? I'd say if you if you it depends. Do you want them to have like? A nice calm and then a high or a high and then like a, a wind down. Let's go with a calm after that <laughs> one and go into the high. Okay. All right. You want me to stop sharing the screen? You, oh, wait. I got it. I saw Heidi smile. Like I don't think Heidi could get a bigger grin. No, I want grin. a whole album of that. 
I I want a yeah. whole <laughs> album of that. Like take take all B and L, put it into classical. I, I want, want that. that. It's, I would totally buy that. <laughs> when I do this, I'm basically cramming every kind of trope that I can think of into one minute. Something. something completely different. <laughs> it was what was the the first idea? It was definitely the salsa idea, but then I started you know, playing <laughs> around with making it all kind of straight and you know unsyncopating, <laughs> desyncopating, nope. you know, instead of you know. <laughs> The noodling around on the classical one was just gorgeous. Yeah. See, the thing is, is I am not a pianist. I have a keyboard. It's just like my my main instrument is classical guitar. But um, you know, you have to put everything in through the piano. So I, you know, it's all notated in a score, and so I just have the MIDI is all playing it back. So it's not a real orchestra, but. Every time I do classical, I always do like a piano concerto, you know, with a, that's a, a piano with a orchestral sort of accompaniment. They mm -hmm. do play. And I always do what's called the Alberti bass. The that, uh, that's like the most stereotypical classical thing you can do. And so that's kind of what I do, even though. You know, there are definitely piano concertos that do that, but they probably don't do it as much as I do. And I changed key more than the original song. I went from G in the verse, and then the second time the verse comes through, I did it in the relative minor of G, which is E minor, the, and then back to G. Then I did the transition pre-chorus. What I like to tell my composition students, or when I talk, when I describe what I do, a lot of times what I talk about is you have this point of change, and so many people think it just arrives naturally. But so what I like to do is I have the point of change, and then I work backwards to it to make it sound like, ooh, what a surprise. It just happens to be going to this new section prepared in this new key. But, you know, it's, uh, I assume that's how people write screenplays you know it's not just hey they just happen to defeat the bad guy in the perfect in the way that the original goal of whoever was writing it but oh yeah no i i like to read a lot of agatha christie and i'm, I'm sure she worked her way backwards like here's the answer i'm gonna work my way back from where i want it to be and add in the clues here and there and so what you, when I, what the thing that I do to make it sound classical is I always do the really traditional five to one in the new key. So if I'm, and I, you know, I, if the key goes from G to A minor, I made sure threw in the five of A minor, which is that. And then I made sure and threw in the five of C to transition into C. That's kind of back to that the pivot chord anyway uh, now, heidi i saw you laughing i'm i'm guessing about what that was from what what was it from i'm guessing that you were doing a deep dive weren't you <laughs> i was i found the milkshake shanty and i just lost it now i am going to follow you on everything i i i know i've seen your stuff going through on like an instagram feed and stuff but i'm like <laughs> i don't spend a lot of time on there but now now I, yeah, it's, that's pretty amazing. <laughs>
A milkshake brings all the boys to the yard And they're like, it's better than yours Damn right, it's better than yours I could teach you, but I'd have to charge My milkshake brings all the boys to the yard And they're like, it's better than yours Damn right, it's better than yours I could teach you, but I'd have to charge I know you want it The thing that makes me What the guys go crazy for they lose their minds the way I want I think it's time I think it's time la 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 that is amazing um and that it is much longer than that I reckon I recommend people go out and listen to that whole thing I don't know if this will go way off topic I don't know if we want to do it but I'll try to keep it set the milkshake shanty was the video that I discovered that if I say hey, what song should I do as blank and whatever makes a sarcastic suggestion? And I say, okay, and I cut straight to it. That's the first video that got like, have yourself. Sorry. That's the Christmas one. That was the Christmas one. I know, yeah. I accidentally got that one going. <laughs> so, like, yeah, but, you know, in order to arrange a song, you have to, you have to spend a lot of time with it. And mm. one of the issues that you get that happens is especially if it's in the same key your brain will start switching between the versions like the original version and my version or in my case three versions the classical the salsa and the original i'll be like i'll I'll hear um like sometimes i'll hear ed singing you know who needs sleep and then immediately i'll think of the brass line in the salsa version (laughs) The fun fun things of, that happen when you arrange stuff. You also, yeah, I also. That's why I say if you're going to arrange something, you have to at least like it or something. Because if you don't like it when you start, you're going to hate it. You are going to despise it with every fiber of your being because it's going to be stuck in your head for the next week. Well, hopefully you didn't hate yeah. this song. We'll have to find out later. But um, I am going to go back here real quick and um, pull up the other the other version that you made for us for tonight the salsa version now that i've got it working
I could listen to a whole album of this song done in different versions. I want our jazz ensemble to play this. I need to give it to our jazz studies professors. Can you, can you have our jazz uh, ensemble play this? Can you arrange that out for me? Yeah, that'd be great. It's not a quite a, is it like a standard big band? Five trumpet, five trombone, five sax. I know I have the jazz score here somewhere. Wow, a jazz score too. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Well, yeah, it's a score. I mean, because yeah, I, because when I wrote out the part, you know, um, I can't think of the. There's a term, there's a jazz arranging term, and it's I'm drawing a blank right now. But it's basically you take the melody and then you have your chord. <laughs> so in this case, it's almost always like some big cluster nine, like a nine chord, like uh, G nine, and so which is. Um, so you take every note that's next to it. So everyone is playing. That's the five horns they're playing. And the next note, I can't. Remember. They're playing the notes around it to, to go along with what's going on there. No, and the next chord is like C9. Well, it sounds, yeah, it so. sounds amazing. I like how yeah. he was saying, I really want to hear a live band play that. Yeah, and of course, well, I, you know, what I have is MIDI, and so what? my ears keep... Oh, I can hear the MIDI saxophones. <laughs> the good news is MIDI can make it sound really realistic, but you can still tell it's not real. <laughs> it's so much better than it was, though, when we were back, when I was back in college, at least. I'm not sure if we're on the same age or not, but man. Oof. Oh, what it used to be mm. when I was playing the keyboard way, way back when. Oh, this is so much better now. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. The Nolly 2005 or 2006 got when they had a uh, Garretton instruments added and it was like yes this sounds great and it actually kind of sounds terrible compared to what they have now but <laughs> the MIDI patches that came with the software were of course really really obviously uh, not real they kind of sounded like a like the like the patches you'd get in a 90s mm -hmm. uh, preset keyboard and so you know they're getting better, you know, they're getting better. They are. I would love to hear that. Real Definitely better chords. than the Omnichord. That's, <laughs> I, I actually could arrange this out for a, a jazz band. The only, this is my, this is my issue with everything is I, I am not fully native in writing for big band scores. So what happens is I send it to them and they say, okay, it sounds nice, but uh, I can't, we can't play this. We can't do this part. This part is, you have the trombones playing way too low here. And, <laughs> you know, That's not, not possible. You can't do that. Well, it actually is possible. It just, it just doesn't, they're not like, they're not, they're not used to playing those notes yeah. in that style. <laughs> Being an expert in a certain field and having repetitive exposure to it would help as opposed to waking up the next day and saying, Hey, what genre haven't I tried before? And you do. You do a whole bunch of different genres. Fortunately, I guess. or It's either fortunate or unfortunate. <laughs> I like the uh, video where you did Star Trek in the version, in the style of Star Wars and Star Wars in the style of Star Trek. Like, very nicely done. Because, you know, usually it, it's for me, you know, I like I'm one of my many possible slogans was like, I'm a musical chameleon. I can sort of blend into whatever style you want me to, but if you look really closely, you can tell that it's it's a lizard. <laughs> oh, 
there's actually somebody, you know, so someone who's familiar with the genre will probably say, well, yeah, it's not quite there, but yeah, I get it. You know. I- it for for a novice such as myself, I can't tell the difference, obviously, and it's definitely entertaining. Like the sweet dreams <laughs> done in in Dixieland style is extremely entertaining. I just got a smile from Heidi. She's like, "Oh wow, wait!" You know, a lot of there's a lot of accounts out there that switch major and minor, like, and that's pretty much like all they do. They don't <laughs> change anything else. They try to keep it exactly the same, except change it from major or major to minor, and so. I keep thinking, okay, I have to do something else or I'm going to get compared to them. So mm-hmm. I usually pick that, that, you know, that New Orleans style jazz for something really sad. And then I change it to a major key. <laughs> it's interesting how the changing to a major key seems to rile up people more than changing a song that's in major to a minor key. How dare you make my, my sadness feel happy? <laughs> It's it's one of the interesting things I've learned in my in my years. It's almost like people there. want to be miserable. You can take the happy and make it into miserable, but you can't do it in the other direction. Well, interestingly enough, what I did for the salsa version, since we're talking about changing to minor, I did change it to minor. But this is the this is the we're going back to our lesson at the beginning, the relative minor. So a lot of times when I'll change a song to minor, um, I'll change it to the parallel minor, which means keeping the key, G minor, but that's not what I did. I went to the relative minor, so it kept the same notes in the melody. Let's talk about what the song is about. Is it about sleep? I think it's about sleep. This is one of those songs in college that I loved because I, I, this song came out when I was doing my master's degree. If you've never done a dissertation or had to teach and take classes at the same time, you'll know that sleep does not exist for months on end. This song just hit home. I was like, yes, (laughs) this person gets me. (laughs) The song came uh, along when I was in college, too, like right in the middle of college. And definitely it was like my college anthem because... Even though um, I managed to get some sleep, I I was not a party school necessarily, <laughs> but I was in like a quad of the campus, and it was uh, mm-hmm. it it was it was loud. <laughs> I had to sleep with earplugs in every night and everything. So, um, and then later as a parent, the whole "Who Needs Sleep" took on a, a whole new meaning. So, guys, <laughs> <laughs> know so. Yeah. Same. Sure. Yeah. Same. No. Yes, I do know <laughs> what it is like to get a doctorate and have to do your dissertation, and um, I do understand that okay. very, very well. And uh, yeah, I, I I've just always enjoyed this song because it's quirky and fun, which is why I'm been loving them for so long. Um, but it's I love the. In fact, sometimes even when I'm in bed now, I'll I get the. Cor- uh, the pre-chorus <laughs> in my head like lids down count cheap count heartbeats and then i go through it all again so it's <laughs> and the whole like uh oh. now i lay me down not to sleep what a great play on that now i lay me down to sleep i played the lord my soul to keep and if i uh <laughs> and i swim and sweat three inches deep as a woman of a certain age that is becoming all too too close to the vest right now uh too close uh 
Um, but and then that whole section I love. I've always loved. Just lay back and claim defeat. Chapter read a lesson learned. Turn the light off, lights off while she burns. So while she's three hundred degrees, I throw the sheets off and I freeze. <laughs> like that's just a yeah. night in my house, pretty much. Well, I mean, what a great way to describe <laughs> insomnia. Like you try everything that you can to get to sleep, and it just won't come, no matter what you do. And you can't get comfortable. There, there is no such as comfortable. For right now, it's freezing. Now it's too hot. Now, now the bed is lumpy in this way. Now it's lumpy in that way. And it, yeah, you stick just your foot out under the blanket. Yeah. <laughs> you know, just yeah. your foot. My socks go off. Your My socks regular. come back on. I'm. Yeah, it's pillows everywhere. You try to cuddle next to your wife, and then no, she's too hot. So, oh, yeah. <laughs> and then no, oh, oh, I better move over this way. Now I got to throw the sheets off. Nope. Now I'm freezing. It's such a constant battle. And especially also if you have animals, if you have mm. dogs that sleep in your bed, yeah. which mm-hmm. never, th- and then they <laughs> take over, like Savannah's a big potato lump and she just will lay right at my feet and she does not move. And I have one of those now a weighted blanket and which is really a lovely mm. invention, by the way. Um, a dog is a weighted blanket, by it, the way. <laughs> that is true. But Percy, the little one, sleeps right up at our heads in between us. And granted, I I sleep alone a lot because my husband travels so much. But I'm like, I'm like, I should have, we have a California king-size bed. I should be able to just stretch out, but I can't. And then I'm afraid to move. Yeah. I'm afraid to make the dog upset. I'm like, wait a minute, this is my bed. <laughs> I paid for this bed. This is a dog. <laughs> and and I just I've it's funny how your sleep Feels- patterns change too as you get older. I used to be a massive night owl and I would sleep all morning. Like remember college where two o'clock was like, oh man, it's two o'clock. Yeah. I should probably get up. Um like I was never an early bird mm-hmm. person. And now that I'm gonna be 50 very soon, I'm like, oh. I get up in the morning and I'm like, yay, time to start my day (laughs) at like six. And I'm like, why am I starting my day at six? This is so dumb. I don't teach high school anymore. I don't need to be up at the crack, crack and dot. But I still am a night owl though. I I am such a night owl. I I, sometimes it's midnight, one o'clock and I can go to bed at 10, but I'll toss and turn for two, three hours. First of all, yeah, I'm talking about you, you booger. <laughs> Hi, everybody. That's Percy. He's chiming in. Um, but has your have your sleep patterns changed? Mine. Uh, yours or Betsy's <laughs> or Wes? Yeah, I used to be a lot more of a night owl in college, but yeah, since having a kid, I go to bed a lot earlier. But I find I go to bed and I still lay awake for a little while and then I watch Great British Baking Show and then that puts me to sleep every night. I love those people. But yeah, yeah, it is much more different than before. Way earlier. For me, unfortunately, everyone in my family is a night person. There hasn't changed any of that. And one of the one of the one of the things about, you know, quote the musician mind for some reason is all the best ideas happen. Like as soon as you think about going to bed, this idea pops into your mind. And I'm like, Oh, wait, I got to do that now or else 
I forget it yeah. tomorrow morning Write because it down or something. it's almost uncanny. You know, if somebody said, what, when do your ideas come to you? And I was like, it's as soon <laughs> as I start thinking about going to bed. So it's either lose the idea or, you know, it's either I have to choose between sleep or acting on the idea. I try to, you know, sometimes I try to write it down, but then the next day I might not feel up to it. <laughs> when I've described my sleep patterns to people, they say, that's not normal. <laughs> and I said, oh, really? So nobody else wakes up every two hours? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, because I was like, I've done that my whole, I've all my life is all I can, rem I can remember. I always wake up about three or four times in the middle of the night, and then I go back to sleep. You know, but they said, no, you're supposed to sleep the whole night. <laughs> the way I've never done that. Really? That's the way I want, how really? everyone else does it? What? Really? <laughs> I don't know. But see, I don't know. Is that true? Because because someone told me that, and I thought. So from a <laughs> scientific point of view, um, as a person who knows this stuff, um, we go through 90-minute sleep cycles where we go through our how the deepness of sleep changes throughout those 90 minutes. And at the end of the 90 minutes, we come the closest to being awake. Now, depending on how deep a sleeper you are, you may actually come fully awake at the top of that cycle and then come back down out of it and then go right back into your sleep. Yeah, to, to varying degrees, we all go through that cycle, but just how far into the sleep and how far out of it yeah. depends. Well, now I know. <laughs> and it's actually why when people get you, you could be extremely tired in the middle of the day because we go through those 90 minute patterns throughout the day as well, um, which is why you could be like in the middle of the day doing really well. And then all of a sudden feel really super tired and 30 minutes later be like wide awake again. It's because if you're tired, you've hit the bottom of that of that your sleep cycle, so to speak, your awakeness, your awareness and awakeness cycle and you know that you're going to come, which in the future, if you're like, oh my gosh, I'm tired. Why, why am I tired? How do I stay awake? You don't have to stay awake the rest of the day. You just have to stay awake for the next 20 to 30 minutes and your body will naturally start to wake up again. Huh. Now, the downside of that is in another 40 minutes after that, you will be back to being exhausted again. Wow. And you know, what's funny too, it, on that, that mm -hmm. line of sleep, the amount when we were younger, I mean, being Gen Xers, whatever you know we don't sleep we just didn't sleep and i mean heck i used to work the night shift and was at college all day and then worked the night shift at this transportation company and i survived on fudge rounds and jolt cola do you remember jolt like i'm surprised i didn't have a coronary at the age of 24. <laughs> like oh my lanta jolt cola and we I'm were taking cold. ephedrine uh like yeah. Remember those days? Like it was like, and now yeah. it's like the value yeah. of sleep. There are so like many cold. special pillows and mattress toppers and sleep mattresses. And, and, um, I started to become a very big fan mm -hmm. when I, when I had to teach, like I had an 8am class a few years ago, but my commute is two hours. So I'd have to get up early. So I always, I find that routine works the best. Like I would, I would go up at nine 30, take a shower and be push myself to be in bed at 10. And I took those Zequil gummies, the, the Zequil mm -hmm. though you take half of one of those and it's cyanora, mm -hmm. you know, cyanora. Um, <laughs> but the problem is, is when I don't have to get up really early, I, I go back and forth with myself. Maybe I should take a gummy and then I'll get to sleep really quickly. And, 
And I'm like, oh, but now it's too late. It's too late at 11 or 12 for me to take it because then I won't want to get up in the morning and I got to get Noah off to school at six and blah, blah, blah. And so I, I argue with myself. Now, if I just stuck to the routine and did the gummy thing and went to sleep on time, then that would be fine. Like it, it's it. why I just pushed myself to stay up later. I don't know because it's exhausting. <laughs> And by the way, for people that are trying to catch up on sleep, science actually shows that you cannot catch up on sleep. No, once you've lost it, it's lost. No, and I can't nap. Can you nap? I hate naps. No, that's not a thing, is it? Yeah. I wake up mm -hmm. feeling all cotton mouthy yep. and headachy. No, not not yeah. a Sometimes I wake up more tired than before the nap. And, and there's that sweet spot, too. If you sleep just a little too long, you feel like crap, too. Just like if you get up too late, like I should have gotten mm -hmm. up at yeah. 8 instead I got up at yep. 10, and I feel like crap. Like, it's just wrong. So I think, like, because you're like, I don't have to set the alarm today, but maybe you should still set the alarm for a normal eight-hour time so that you're not over, I don't know, maybe <laughs> I should just read up on more sleep. Yeah, slow yell day, yeah. They actually, I did a sleep study once because my husband said I snored. I do not snore. He snores and the dog snores. I do not snore. But he thought I was, I, he's like, I think, because I, I make these sounds, I guess, like, or something like that. So we, I went in for a sleep study. Like, it was like, I, I, I puff my, I go in my sleep. I don't know why. And. So he's like, I'm afraid Aww. you're stopping breathing. So I went in and did a sleep study. Have you ever done one of those? Because they are insane. And they hook you up to every wire imaginable. And you wake up in the morning mm -hmm. and you've got all that sticky stuff still in your hair. It is so gross. You are so hooked up. You cannot get comfortable. How are you supposed to sleep through that? Nope. And when you finally do fall asleep, you're like afraid you're going to mm -hmm. pull wires out and stuff. And I'm like, and they're like, try to get the most normal sleep you possibly can. I'm like, and you use your weighted blanket <laughs> so your arms don't fly up. Yeah, and it is the worst. Oh, I would never want to do one again, <laughs> ever, ever. And that getting that stuff out of your hair was horrible because they stick stuff in your hair. Wait, did you say you found one done, Tracy? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that it's horrifying. Yeah, no, I I didn't enjoy it for a second. Never again. Ah. No, not one second. And it was so like weird. It was just weird. I'm a and I'm one of those people that sleep on my stomach the best. Could you even? It doesn't do a crick in the neck or anything. Man. That's that's the best way for yeah. me to fall asleep is to sleep. Wow. Yeah. I don't think I've ever heard anybody that sleeps on their stomach. Yeah. I like used to, but baby. because like I because right. I have sleep apnea, I'm not allowed to. I have to sleep on my back. I can't sleep on my stomach. I can't sleep on my back. I have to sleep on my side. Yeah. Oh, I'm a side sleeper. Oh. You're a back sleeper. <laughs> I sleep on my side with a pillow between my legs, but not one of those special knee pillows. It's just a re regular pillow between my legs. I, I have to sleep on my back and I have to have a pillow under my knees and I have to have my Care Bear on top of me. Uh, I, was gonna say, <laughs> I, I, always, I always fall asleep on my stomach, but then I wake up on my back. And oh, it's um, weird. I, yeah. yeah. Ever wake up in the same position I, I fell asleep. <laughs> the human body is so strange. But, well, I don't I don't sleepwalk, so that's good. Just, oh, that's good. Oh my god, can you imagine? That is really I weird. Because so many times I think, well, how did I end up like this? 
It is really up. strange. Well, in college, completely numb like this, <laughs> like. Oh, yeah. I would have my arms over my head like that. What's this touching me? Oh. Maybe I would lose weight if I slept walk more. I used to fall out of bed a lot. Like, I just randomly fall out of bed. My sister once, when we had bunk beds. Now, granted, these were 1970s bunk beds, early 1980s, maybe. I think I was, like, eight. So, yeah early anyway um she fell off the top bunk my sister fell off the top bunk because railings who needs railings it's like 1979 (laughs) who needs railings she falls off the top bunk and i had a broken arm that's right and that's why i was on the bottom bunk because i normally was in the top bunk but i had a broken arm because i broke my arm ice skating and she was in the top bunk and fell out and fell on the floor and the next morning there was a trail of blood all the way to the bathroom and she was yeah Yeah. because she had poked a hole in her face because she hit the dresser when she came out and so there's blood everywhere and she was sound asleep on the bathroom floor Probably with a concussion. <laughs> no, she was fine. She ended up having to get yeah, stitches, and she too. now has a Y in her face, which is funny. Well, why don't we get funny. back to the it's song? It's a little funny. Um, <laughs> okay. Hey, we're talking about sleep, Tracy. Um, it's not the worst I, tr- tangent we've I ever been really, on. Yeah, no, it's not that far off, actually. Why? Like, I like the fact that he double uses the double meaning of count. He's counting sheep, he's counting mm, his breathing, uh, and then he, he, but that's not what counts. What counts is that he can't sleep. <laughs> I love his use of that, that alliteration and the count, the, the, the C words, not that C word, everybody, but the counts, 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 count sheep, count heartbeats. The only thing that counts is that, I, and the way he accents some of those words in the rhyme mm-hmm. of it, in the rhyme scheme is really brilliant too. I agree. Do you ever make deals with yourself when you fall asleep? Like you, I start counting down from 10 and I'm like, okay, I'm going to be asleep by the time I get to one. And then I'm so tired. You know, when you get so tired and you're wicked punchy, that's me today. Yeah. it's the other, I had two more notes that I. Yeah. No, the only time I ever counted backwards from any number and went to sleep was when I was under anesthesia. So. I had two more notes that <laughs> I wanted to bring up about the lyrics or about the song. What notes are they? Is it a high D? Cause no. that's my name. <laughs> Oh, jeez. Get it? A music. So I like how they, I like this transistor radio effect that they do later on in the song. (gasps) That is really fun. Um, It's Steve and, and probably I'm going to guess Jim um, that are doing the the response to the call and response in the song at the end. Um, And they're doing the, the muffled sound effect. Well, you're never going to get it. Tell me what's that for? And what I, the other part I like about that is they do that at the same time that they swap up with the yeah. column responses. So usually it's Ed singing the the who needs sleep, and then they're saying never gonna get it, and then who needs sleep, and it's Ed. For two rounds of it, they swap it up where Ed is singing the never going to get it. And they're saying who needs sleep. And then they go back again. And it's good when they have Mm -hmm. so much repetition at the end, like they're repeating that verse. I mean, of course, over and over again to have that change up because it keeps it a little bit fresh. Would you guys like to know where the song comes from? Veronica Vegas. (laughs) 
I would have guessed, since I know other songs like this, is that it's basically how you have no real schedule when you're on tour. That is, is a, that would, yeah. It was BNL's concession to doing what they call the touring song that a lot of people would do songs about touring and they're like well you know what our our people can't relate highway run it's <laughs> the midnight exactly. wheels go round and round sorry that's yeah. another travel um bus but song. they they're <laughs> thinking like well our our audience can't understand and can't identify with the whole problem with touring we don't want to be simply whining about touring life so they wrote this song about sleep deprivation and some of the lines that were cut were bad snack bunk whack a sore back and i feel like i'm gonna have a heart attack definitely points more towards touring versus like parenthood and then the the line wow. about the Second World War actually comes from Ed's life. Um, he he said in an interview in 2018, um, I wrote the song around the fact that I had a high school teacher in 10th grade who told the class that sleep is a learned thing. It was something that humans had adapted because nighttime was dangerous. It was better to just huddle in caves and relax for the night. And he had shifted his sleep schedule to where he slept for only about 45 minutes a day. And he got so much more done. And he showed us a story about a man in England who had not slept since the Second World War, which is where the lyric comes from. Wow. wow. And when you say you had, he hadn't slept, like he slept 45 minute segments or didn't? It said that he hadn't slept. Wow. Now, of course, in... If you believe in mythology and stuff like that, and you believe, you know, if, if you go with Tolkien, for example, elves don't sleep; they <laughs> they meditate, but they don't. Sleep. Neither does vampire. Neither <laughs> right. do vampires. I'm just gonna close my eyes for a second. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I remember I've watched Supernatural through twice, and I think there was a time when Sam was like sleep deprived because every time he'd go to sleep, he'd like end up in hell or something, right? Mm-hmm. So- so they're like, oh, my God, how long can I go without sleep? And I think they were saying for like a week, you could probably get by just barely yeah. like you. Your body wouldn't shut down. But and there's a Doctor Who episode, go. too, that does the same thing between which part is sleep and which part is real. Which What's the dream? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think what ruined it for me was um, for a while, like um, a nightmare on Elm Street. Like that scared the crap mm. out of me. All right. Yeah. I know the premise. And then when you have recurring dreams and nightmares and things and you can't run and like Freddy Krueger, like totally like "Mm, don't want to sleep because then you were told you can't go to sleep. How do you stay awake? Yeah. Well, guys, there is a trouble with Tracy. What's the trouble with Tracy? It's the bridge. Why? Did it go a bit? Was it too far? No. (laughs) That's oh my gosh! No, it went over the River Kwai. No, um, no, the problem. <laughs> no, the the problem is that they and it always bugs me. They go from singular to plural. So much joy in life, so many pleasures all around. The pleasure of insomnia is one I've never found. With all life has to offer, there's so much to be enjoyed. But the pleasures of insomnia. 
But the pleasure of insomnia is one I've never found. With all life has to offer, there's so much to be enjoyed. But the pleasures of insomnia are ones I can't avoid. So he goes from plural with the pleasure. Maybe you're right, yeah. The singular and back. And then I'm like, wait, no, just stick to one. Mm. Don't don't keep doing this. Oh, yeah, I never even noticed. I never noticed that. Wow. And I noticed it just because when I'm singing it, it always messes me up. I'm like, wait, is this the singular verse? No, is this the, the plural verse? No. This is one of my favorite songs to sing. I love the song. I should mention that there is a bathroom sessions version mm-hmm. of this song. And the bathroom sessions, Ed sings literally every single line during it. Uh, Wes has been awful quiet, so... Well, like I said, I'm not. I'm, oh, no, I feel like I'm kind of deferring <laughs> to the experts here because I could tell you how I first heard them. <laughs> yes, I was actually going to do that. Okay, tell us, tell us how you first came to BNL. Okay, uh, so some background. I grew up in Japan. This was v- sort of before the internet. The internet came along while I was a teenager in the '90s. Basically, all I listened to was, or at least all I listened to from the United States, was what people gave to me on tape or back in the day when they had, when they, you would, you know, you'd make a mixtape out of the CDs, the CDs that they have, they'd make mixtapes. I was pretty much at the mercy of other people. So I never, I never heard of them until I, I got to college in 1998. So I sound like I'm, I'm possibly younger than yeah i'm probably younger when i first got to college that was 98 (laughs) yep that was when i believe that's when that's when one week came out and so that's you know that's where i got to them then i then you could i can't remember when napster came about but it was about that time napster and limewire where you know you could find either concert you know little concerts and so the stuff that i liked wasn't necessarily their songs it was the stuff in between the songs or the stuff that they never actually released like one was called the bare naked rap you know they do i can't remember what it was you know the one i remembered was they were doing the sesame street near far and then they'd segue into uh my heart will go on because yes i remember that yeah because I feel like I'm, I don't know, I don't know if betraying is the right word. The semi-underground alt-pop folk Canadian rock band that I knew before coming back to the United States was Moxie Fruvis. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. there, when I heard that, when I heard Bare Naked Ladies, I thought, okay, so a Canadian band that was kind of underground and, and of like... How did they, these bands are so similar? How did that? How did I? You know, how? Why did the person introduce me to them, yeah. but not both? They're so they're so yeah. much in common. But that's that's how I initially heard them, and I'm trying to remember what what music I heard right at the beginning when I was when I was in college. And all I can, I'm sorry, all I can remember. I feel like it's cliche <laughs> to say, oh, I first heard one week. Yeah. No, when I was in college, it was my roommate introduced me to Bare Naked Ladies, and it was like the whole Rock Spectac album. So that was '97, late '97. So, so Tracy had to step 
away for a minute, but he wanted to um, have me lead you guys in for ratings. So what would you say would be a fair, like, oh, a fair way to, uh, so we, we usually assign some sort of ratings scale. So it's zero to five, you know, two and a half is average. If five is like your favorite song ever. And then we usually say like, for a song like this, we'd say we'd rate it like, how many ambience would you score this? Or like we give it some sort of designation. Zequel <laughs> gummies <laughs> or whatever. How many Zequel? Uh, so what do you guys think about in terms of uh, what to rate this? Like how many sheep or? I think sheep would be fine. Bah. <laughs> bah. All in favor? Bleat. <laughs> bah. <coughs> So, um, do you, you want to start Heidi? Sure. Uh, I, I've been a big fan of this song. Uh, I'm a big fan of this album. Um, and I, it's always kind of a jam. Um, I sing it when it comes on the radio, it's on my playlists. Um, so I'm going to give this, I think I'm going to give it a 4.8. Whoa. 4.8. Yeah. Yeah. It's a good one for me. So what's the point eight of a sheep? Is it just like leave off like tail or it's just uh, a horn? Mm. <laughs> right. One or two horns. Yeah, sure. Uh, sure. Like it's done with just the wool without the wool. Yeah, it's a shaved it's a shaved sheep. It's a sheared sheep. All right, so I got Heidi's four point eight. Did I miss any others? Four point eight sheep, yes. What about you, Betsy? Uh, so I'm not, I don't know if this song just got like a little overplayed for me or what, but I, I like it, but I don't love it. If it comes on, you know, it brings back good memories and everything, but it's, it's not, it's not exactly on my playlist, but it's close. I love the word play. I, I, you know, I love all the little bits and pieces they put in there, but I, I think I'd give it like 3.9 sheep. Yours is missing a tail. Yeah, mine got Dr. Tail. <laughs> um, so, Jim, I think they explained the rating system to you. Poorly. <laughs> they did, but I kind of like, I, I, I feel kind of self-conscious about this just because, you know, I can probably only name eight or nine songs off the top of my head from the their whole catalogs so. that's okay we've had people that have never heard of them before yeah so. just we're just yeah we've had just singular singular songs blah, blah. just a singular rating is cool yeah. i am the worst at making decisions as anyone <laughs> in real life will same <laughs> grading like giving people a grade on a composition because i have to do that mm -hmm. i have to grade people on their compositions and i most of the time i I go by what were you trying to do? Did you accomplish it? <laughs> and then, you know, that so if I try to take that kind of objective point, giving it how many sheeps out of five <laughs> might be like I try to think if somebody said what was what was my favorite song of theirs that I can name, mm. the the gut reaction is probably the alphabet. Song. <laughs> oh, crazy alphabet's amazing. That's from, their, that's from their kids' album, but I thought, oh. Okay, that's just kind of when I because and that was later. ZZ Top. Yeah, ZZ Top. <laughs> I'll be. I'll, I don't know if this is safe, but I'll give it four. Nice four. Okay, 
Yeah, I mean, yeah, I think that makes means you'd like it, but you know, it's not the best, entirely greatest song in the world. I, that it, makes sense. Like within within, I I see. I don't know their whole catalog. Do do they change key a lot in within songs? Not really. Like it, it's pretty rare. Like I was gonna say the because uh, I don't know if I'm supposed to bring up the other people. Uh, Moxie Fruvis changes key all the time in their songs. Mm-hmm. We bring up people all the time. Just ask Aaron; <laughs> he's not here today. But yes, we do it all the time. Oh yeah, you got to have <laughs> our, our obscure reference of the week on that one. Yeah, not that Moxie Fruvis is that obscure, but neither is. Well. Relative to bare naked ladies, I guess, maybe, <laughs> but <laughs> Moxie Fruvis is one of those where I have their entire catalog and I Oh wow. Because that's one where one of my friends had all of their albums. This is this this really is a specific date. I had to make me a mini disc of all the Moxie Fruvis songs. Do you, do people remember mini discs or did that mm-hmm. I Early. Yeah. <laughs> if you watch The Matrix, uh, he receives his data. Oh, right. It's something Sony invented to try to replace the CD, and it holds more than a CD. But um, the MP3, you know, once the MP3 took off, took over. <laughs> so I had a mini disc of all the Moxie Fruvis songs. Wow. So I can tell you all about their key changes. <laughs> in Someone needs to do a Moxie Fruvis <laughs> podcast. Yeah, it'll be Moxie Hoovis. You know, the fans are called Fru Heads. Fru Heads. It doesn't roll off the tongue very elegantly, but it, it definitely <laughs> mix those with the parrot heads, and you're going to have a good time. I suppose it's time for my rating then. But, you know, I, I suppose, like, why say anything nice? Yeah, here we go. Nice segue, buddy. But that's because I've already said a whole bunch of nice stuff because I really, I do love this song. Is, is it my favorite song in the world? No. Do I like it a ton? Definitely. Uh, this is one of those songs that, yes, at our local Billards Hall, we had stunt, you know, was in the rotation. And this was one of those ones that I would put on because, yes, I definitely wanted to hear this. And I was out in public and I wasn't at home with my discs. And it just the impulse hit me that I had to hear it while I was playing uh, pool with my friends. It really was like my theme through college. Like it, it spoke to me and what I was feeling, especially on those nights where I had to write my dissertation. <laughs> there was a lot of those nights where I was just like, I can't sleep. Um, I was one of those people that procrastinated when it came to tests and when it came to to writing the papers. And so I would I would we would get like four 20 page papers during the semester. You knew at the beginning of the semester you had to do them. And I would gather a lot of data here and there throughout the semester. But all four 20 page papers were due in the last week of the semester. And I would spend that last week in the computer lab literally night after night after night writing a new paper every single night until all (laughs) there until about three in the morning typing them up and then going to bed for a couple hours to get up and go do it again who needs sleep definitely explain me you know because it, it digs so deep and it's catchy and fun and what a fun way to talk about not being able to get any sleep at all and the hand claps and the foot stomping oh my gosh the marching is just 
amazing. I love how there is that marching that is going on that is keeping the beat. I got to give this a 4.77. 4.77? Yeah. <laughs> All right. I, I, we are on song number I 273. Know. I have to... I have to get a little specific here sometimes. Is there when when this is over, are you gonna have like a, a countdown special? Ooh, <laughs> that would be good. I that we could make that happen. Well, yeah, because yeah, once this is over, we have to do the new album and then the newer, newer album, and then we have to go to Stephen Page. <laughs> <laughs> well, what he, he my plan is is that once we're done with this. I will go through and we're going to have a couple episodes where we're going to talk about like whose album was their favorite and whose album was their least favorite. Um, and because I have this all on the spreadsheet, I can also yeah. tell you, did you like the Stephen Page songs better or did you like the Ed Robertson songs or did you like them working together better? And it'll be really cool to kind of, I, I'm a data person. I'm a math person. I like the idea that I can break this down and say, I like the Stephen Page the page Duffy compilations better than the Ed Robertson compilations, but that's just, it'll see if it holds true. Personally, I think stunt is my favorite album, but we'll see if, if that ends up being true with the numbers, I would like to, to give people a better taste for you, Wesley. Where can people find more of your stuff? Well, as my, uh, moniker not by choice is Jim Lap Bap J I M L A P B A P. Uh if do people want to hear the story of how this came about or, or Yeah, no, I'd love to. In two thousand two I had this idea for uh is basically like a musical, uh but it was basically a big send up of Star Trek and but also like all the characters were kind of based on annoying people I had worked with. Hopefully they're not listening. <laughs> and so I had to come up with a whole bunch of alien names for things. <laughs> like alien names for people and and so I found that those tended to be very unique and would make good usernames for things. And so I'd I'd have all these different weird I'd have I'd had like 10 of them. And then the one I signed up for YouTube in like 2005 was Jim Lap Bap. And Jim Lap Bap, in the context of the musical, was a Jim Lap was a bird from an alien planet. And Bap is like an kind of like a British sandwich. It's like a yes, I told you, Tracy. <laughs> yeah, it's like a like a yeah, like a bun or a dinner, not a dinner roll, but like a hamburger bun kind of thing, right? So it's actually in the song I wrote for that, and so I just I just used it, and then my <laughs> YouTube name, YouTube is where I first sort of emerged out of the nothingness. Once people started calling me Jim Lap Bap, I thought, okay, I guess whatever eight band names I was calling myself, because that was almost a joke. Like I had so many names for myself. Like I'm, you know, I'm Moogie. I'm Wesley. I'm Jim Lap Bap. I'm out of names for myself. Hi out of names for myself. You know that. Uh -huh. And then so that's where it came. So if <laughs> no one ever sees this anymore because uh, I have to make the videos as short as possible on the short sites. But if you see it on the long sites, you'll see, you'll hear the little snippet of the song that it's from. And it will say, no longer just an alien sandwich. <laughs> Since 2008 is when I started posting uh, my own stuff. 
Long story, still long. <laughs> I like alien sandwich though. That's pretty good. Yeah. Yeah, that that kind of sounds kind of sounds like a. Um, what band is sandwich? Probably better than a Vegemite sandwich. Oh wow! Yes. So yeah, it's you can. I try to be on everywhere, which is YouTube, Facebook, TikTok, Instagram. Not everything is streaming on Spotify, but a lot of the sea shanty arrangements are on Spotify. Uh, a lot of the acapella stuff. And can I plug an album? Yes. Yeah. I just released, like it just came out today, an album of Halloween songs. It's basically you take, nice. you know, take this, take a, you, it's either take a really upbeat song and make it sound like Halloween uh, like um, what's it, like sunshine lollipops and rainbows. It's done with my formula is music box, theremin, cello, <laughs> organ. So it gets yeah. that you know gets gives you that sort of treehouse of horror soundtrack. So there's a bunch of bunch of short segments of songs, and several people have said, "Hey, I'm gonna have I'm gonna play this in the background for trick or treaters." So because like, it's like it's like 35 songs, and they're all about a minute to two minutes. And there's some really great things on here, like it just going through. I, <laughs> I spend hours on here listening to it this week, yeah. like am, radio yeah. he- radioactive done it's acapella. Um, I want it that way by the Backstreet Boys, <laughs> but done in the style of Johnny Cash. I just love this stuff. <laughs> and Heidi, he also has sheet music. Okay, well, I I kind of feel like we overlapped our expertises here. <laughs> <laughs> Well, it's been fun, y'all. I have to, I have to go take the doggy out. So, and I will have all of those websites: his Facebook page, yeah, I think his so. YouTube Pretty page, awesome. as well as his website where you can buy that music, um, as well as his sheet music on our uh, liner notes for this episode. So, I recommend going out and listening to all that. It is really cool. He also does commissions and custom songs. So, reach out to to him and let him know. For example, the ones that he did tonight on our show, which were amazing, and I yeah, please oh, put I, those on Spotify. Yeah. That'd be amazing. <laughs> okay, I'll, I, I'm, I, I'll have to think about if I want to expand them out to the, the full version. Because you know, I, I am now like in. Oh, that'd be really. Cool. I am now in minute and a half detention span composing mode. Now I almost, I almost wonder, do I remember how to write a full three minute arrangement these days? <laughs> <laughs> I can, it must be I can pretty revive tough. that part of my brain, probably. Well, Wesley, thank you so much for joining us. Really appreciate it. Well, thank you for having me. Hope- it was nice to meet you, Wesley.
It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more fantasy points.